Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. My name is Keith McGinty and I'm your host for the last of our preview podcasts and this is the NFL South preview. I am joined by um, some very, very special guests, much more knowledgeable than us regular crew members. So we've got the heavy hitters in to, to help us today. Um, first up, I've got a regular crew member with us. It's Gav. Gav, how are we this evening? Very good. Good to be back. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. You are taking the ropes for the uh, Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this evening. So we'll be looking forward to previewing them shortly. We are also joined by two new faces to the podcast. Um, first up, we've got Keg. Keg, how are you? I'm very good, Keith. Thank you very much for having me on. Much appreciated. And you are a Carolinas Panthers, Carolina Panthers fan, so you'll be starting the virtues of uh, of the, your new QB, no doubt. So <laughs> to, I hope so. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, another team that's got a new QB is a. Uh, one from going from one party town to another. Uh, we're going to New Orleans, and that's Daniel. Daniel, thanks very much for joining us, mate. No, I appreciate you having me on, Kev. Uh, Keith. I'm uh, really pleased to, to be here. Yeah, fantastic. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, Keg, what is it um, you do yourself? You have your own um, podcast and YouTube video. Yeah, mainly in uh, Newcastle United, so football-based, obviously UK football, uh, not American. Uh, so yeah, I've been working with the Magpie channel for the past six years, done quite well Amazing. over there. Uh, just speaking off camera there, we've uh, closed in on 29,000 subscribers, uh, wow. award-winning channel over there. So yeah, doing pretty well on that side of things. But my other love and probably more of a love uh, over the past few years is the NFL and the Carolina Panthers due to Newcastle not being the best of teams uh, until the last 18 months or so. Things have taken a nice turn. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to focus a little bit more on NFL and the Panthers. Uh, I've just recently in the past month or so set up uh, social media pages. So if you want to check out my pages, uh, I'm at the Panthers Magpie on both in, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Like I said, just getting started, but had a, few, a fair few interactions with Pans from fans from all over the world just around about 100 subs uh, 100 followers on each of those almost so if anyone can get me past the triple digit mark it'd be much appreciated <laughs> fantastic we'll certainly make sure that we retweet your details and get everybody onto that as well daniel Thank what you. about yourself yes i've got uh, i'm involved in a podcast called the saints city me so it's uh it's a slightly different slant on most uk nfl podcasts we don't just focus on the team we also focus on people who are who have been to the city and who are fans of the city because obviously yeah. as you can imagine new orleans is more than just the football team it is what you know one of the liveliest most hospitable cities you'll ever go to so we like to yeah. talk to people about their love of the city the love of the team and, and which came first so we always ask people you know what was it first for you the saints or the city playing into the podcast title uh, so i did it with my friend mike um so yeah we, we've been doing that uh four months now and we've got a few episodes out we're getting some decent listener ratings so you know hoping to grow that and, and just expand the fan base really because as a fan base the saints we've had podcasts in the uk we don't really mm -hmm. have anything that's uk centric right now I've, you know so we thought you know we can do something that is a starting point for that and if we inspire other people then great um if other people want to get involved then even even better you know about growing the community in the uk really more than anything else and there is such a massive community here that's the one of the reasons why we started the Gridiron Crew, um, we were just looking for a, a place where everybody could really come together. We are 
really covering, trying to cover all 32 teams here um, and hopefully expand the, the crew to, so that we've got someone for each of them. Maybe never know, we'll be able to rely on you throughout the season. Uh, come on in and uh, have a wee word with us and let us know how your team's doing. Um, tonight, though, we're going, we're going to start with... Um, we're going to Gav first to have a wee look at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, a bit of a season for them so far, off-season, shall I say. Gav, um, what's been happening over in Atlanta? Absolutely. Well, I mean, this is a team that really is in um, in rebuild mode at the moment. So, as you say, really busy. I mean, just looking at free agency alone, they had 17 new acquisitions uh, into the team um, and 25 exits. On the other side, so I mean, certainly I'm not going to spend uh, the, the entire pod going through everyone name by name, but I guess a few big callouts. I think first of all, um, on the on the defense, so that that was a real challenge for the the Falcons, and actually they've been kind of yeah. down in the, the, the bottom quarter of the league really for the last three years. Things started to improve last year um, for a bit, but actually one of the areas where they're really struggling is the 31st in sacks um, last year. Um, I think it really seems that through this off-season, they've turned a, a weakness into a position of strength. So they've added uh, David Onyemata, Kelly Campbell, uh, Bud Dupree from the Titans. Uh, they've also picked up Caden Ellis, uh, moving in the division from the, the Saints, um, who had eight sacks last year. So a few uh, acquisitions on that front line, really, to, to try and get after um, the, the new quarterbacks, the, the new blood uh, in the division. I think the other big one probably to talk about um, in terms of free agencies, uh, Jeff uh, Akuda, uh, the cornerback from the, the Lions. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, um, he had some um, some injury issues when he was in Detroit and actually picked up an ankle injury already um, this month. So he is expected to miss uh, the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, they'll really be hoping he can come through because, um, again, you know they were down bottom quarter in, in turnovers last year, I think 27th. Uh, on that particular measure, so really hoping to to beef up that that defense overall. Um, big changes in terms of going out. Um, they've had, lost a couple of their, their corners, Casey Hayward, um, who actually went to went on to injured reserve after six weeks. He's gone, uh, as is Isaiah Oliver. So yeah, big change in the position. I guess though the the key one to to talk about those um, Marcus Mariota. Is obviously yes. gone. Uh, he was the starting quarterback through 13 games. Um, but I mean, the, the, the real question, of course, uh, is Mr. Riddler himself. You know, yes. four four starts to his name, two and two record. Um, he'll be stepping up uh, under centre. Um, but really, we've got a small sample so far. No one knows what to expect. He's also going to be backed up by Taylor Heineke, who's came in from the Commanders last season. At times, had a little bit um, of impressive games. People weren't really rating him too highly, but he, he stepped up into uh, the mess that was in Washington but and, and played quite well. So he seems to be a, a good player that will maybe push Ridder on. How yeah. did they do towards the, the end of last season? I don't remember him really setting the header I like. So the, uh, I mean, in terms of the obviously overall record, they were they're seven and ten last year. But actually, despite finishing last in the division, they were tied. You could argue they were tied for a second, uh, yeah. as much as uh, Dan and, and Keg might argue otherwise. Um, but the, um, but but yeah, they actually finished two and two. Um, what was quite interesting is in terms of Riddler's performance specifically. 
not a massive difference between what you're getting from from Mariotta. Um, so mm -hmm. I guess uh, you know um, you might say he's not shifting the needle, but given this is a rookie quarterback coming in uh, against the veteran, you'd probably say that there's more upside with with Riddler. But you know, yeah. as is <laughs> appropriate for the name, he is a big question mark heading into the season. Just really what we're going to see from him in year two. So, so um, do you think with that? So okay, I'm just gonna say, like, Gav, do you think there's a risk that, you know, with that question mark around Riddler, that uh, that they're just gonna just whack it all on Bijan's shoulders and expect him to just run the water? And Keg, you know, it's like with McCaffrey, the, the Panthers did that for a long time, yeah. you know, put it all on his shoulders. And a young young running back, is there a risk there? Do you think? I mean, they've got a lot of weapons on offense, but I just, I just think that's a risk for him as a coming into the league, fresh pair of tires. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously going on to the you know the draft. I mean, Bijan Robinson. You know, there's no getting away from the fact that he's a big you know mm. big acquisition for him. And actually, um, when you look at the, the draft over the, the last couple of years uh, for the, the Falcons, they've gone for these offensive weapons early on. So you've got Bijan Robinson, uh, you've got uh, Drake London, uh, and obviously Kyle Pitts at tight end. Um, so they have picked up all these key pieces. The question is, is Riddler the man to bring it all together? Uh, I mean, certainly when you think about not certainly a rookie quarterback, but certainly a young and inexperienced quarterback, you know, these are the things you want to have is you want to have weapons, you want to have the strong run game. Um, and, and also the offensive line is actually something we should talk about as well, because as much as a lot of hype about uh, Bajan Robinson coming in, Falcons were actually uh, third in uh, total rushing last season. Yeah. So that was already a strength for this team. Um, so, yeah, obviously, there's, there was questions about who's actually going to uh, be the, the RB1 there before he came in. Um, but actually, they've got, a, they've got a few other options at the position to, to help uh, manage the load. I was uh, certainly a fan of Tyler Algaier as well when he um, started to make the, the breakthrough last season. I'm interested to see how much of uh, how much of the game time he's actually going to get for this forthcoming season. Um, you mentioned Bijan Robinson, of course. Everyone's um, probably going quite highly in the fantasy leagues. Uh, I would say just now, I've certainly got him in, in one uh, of our, our own ones. I'm looking forward to, to seeing how well he's done and seems to be impressing so far in preseason, but it's only preseason. Who else did they um, pick in, up in their draft? Was there anyone else notable that you would say? So, I mean, I think what's maybe um, yeah worth highlighting is you know, some of these positions of um, you know, strength, both from last season, but basically on the, on the front line. So, um, Matthew Bergerson, uh, Bergeron, sorry, uh, the offensive guard, um, was there at the second round that they traded up to, to add him in. Again, particularly mm -hmm. strong in the, the run game. So, adding to an already effective offensive line is going to help both, hopefully, give Riddler that time to make the throws, open the holes up for uh, for Robinson. Um, third round, they went for uh, defensive end Zach Harrison as well. So, again, just really giving the, these options. And I think that's going to be one of the things we, we look at throughout the course of this pod is every one of these teams has got a new guy under centre this season. Um, so how can you get after them? How can you disrupt them? You know, that's really going to be key in this division. Interesting. That seems to be the the area where everyone's trying to improve is just a, a bit of protection uh, and then increase the the productivity of the the defense there as well. Um, what about their their schedule? Um, so I, I was listening to a, a podcast earlier, and I'll be interested to hear what you have to say first of all about the the schedule that the Saints have got. Um, go for it. 
Oh yeah, so I mean, I mean, I think in terms of the, the schedule. So I think the one of the first things to to highlight is, I mean, obviously we're going through the the, the divisions. So you know, all the teams are talking about tonight. They will play the FC South, which, mm-hmm. you know, with the exception of the Jags, probably one of the the weaker divisions, um, and also the the NFC North. So um, a lot has been made of the fact that the the Falcons do have one of the the weaker schedules on the card, but. It's worth highlighting, of course, that most of the opponents are going to be common to, to all the teams uh, we're talking yeah. about today. Um, I think one of the, the key things uh, is obviously those divisional battles. This was a really tight division last year. There's only one game separated first and last place in the, the division um, and, and when they fall. So um, I, I'm actually looking at the, the opening to the, the Falcon schedule. So they actually have Carolina in week one going up against Bryce Young, first professional start. Um, you know, probably the best time to, to, to get them, uh, you know, really try and, you know, disrupt and, and take advantage of that. They're then followed up by a, another team um, in the, the Packers, who are again mm-hmm. starting a new quarterback with, with Jordan Love there. Um, so these are, and also both of these games at home. So there is an opportunity to try and get a strong start in the season, because after that, it only starts to pick up. They've got Detroit uh, in, in, in Detroit, a team um, that many are tipping for the, the NFC North crown. Mm-hmm. They've got the Jaggers in London, uh, and then they have to come back uh, and play in Houston uh, the following week without a break. Um, so really, historically, the London games have been an opportunity for a team to pick up a bye. That's no longer the, the case. So uh, obviously, having gone through a couple of tricky games with that travel uh, across the pond, um, you know, it's not going to be getting me playing the Houston after after that. Yeah, just looking at it, it looks as though they're actually at home. They're in Atlanta for the Houston game, which is a bit soft in the blow, but it'll still be a, a pretty tough game with the uh, Demarco Ryan's um, Houston Texans. Um, hopefully, making waves there. But yeah, um, some interesting openers. I think there. Um, we'll get to Keg shortly about the the opener with the Carolina Panthers. But like you said, the um, the Jordan Love experiment at um, in Green Bay will be really good to see and. Will the the lines be able to to start flying? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes you know, with 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 a lot of teams, you know, you do want to think about what are these big ties later on in, in the season, and this is a tight division. But at the same time, I think the Falcons are a, a team where it probably does need to be a bit of managing the expectations for this year. You know, the over unders sitting about eight eight and a half wins uh, for the the team. So um, certainly not no one's expecting a disastrous season, but um, certainly. Um, you know, playoffs might be a bit of a stretch for them. Uh, And I think that's where the the start really is key, because if you can get through those first couple of games, you know, with with some wins, but momentum, that's great. But, you know, if they start 0-2 and they start to pick up on these, you know, these trickier road ties, you know, it could be a slippery slope for them. One of the things, as I mentioned earlier on, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about the the schedule and how um, the teams in the NFC South won't be playing any of the top tier quarterbacks, maybe the top two tiers, really, you could possibly say. Um, the hardest QBs that you're probably going to be facing is uh, Kirk Cousins, maybe, and Trevor Lawrence. Um, maybe. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence probably I think, the yeah. highest. Yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence is probably the, high, the, the highest QB we'll face this year, I, I think, as it stands. Yeah, it, it looks like it. Aaron Rodgers, of course, at the, at the Jets there as well. And 
can't wait to we get on to it. We'll get Baker at the Buccaneers as well. We're all big fans the they care about him. But we'll save what we're saving him the best for last. I think that's what we'll do there. Um fantastic, mate. One thing we'd love to find out at the the Gridiron crew is um, who do you think is going to actually crush it this year for the Atlanta Falcons? Who's going to be yeah. the star doubt player? So his name's come up already, but I think Bijan Robinson, um, you know, first round pick. Um and I think that the stage is really set for him. So as we mentioned, this is a team that's already strong in the Russian game. They've also got, but crucially, they have that young QB Riddler who's going to need the help. Um, and I think, as I say, you know, this is a guy who has been um, Big 12, uh, all Big 12 first team, you know, two years mm-hmm. in a row. Uh, he was the Alamo uh, Bowl MVP in his rookie season. Um, you know, all, all the talent, you know, the height, very much seems to be real here and I think you know he's someone that can make an impact right from the off and running back is a position that you can do that unlike perhaps wide receiver or quarterback where there is a bit of a learning curve I think Bajan Robinson is someone who can really make a difference for the the Falcons from day one. Fantastic thanks very much Um, we are going to get absolute pelters for calling them Riddler though Uh, it's Desmond Ridder (laughs) of course Keg's been biting his tongue there all the way. I've done, yeah. done, had to take it three or four times just to make sure. But um, I think Bijan is the, the, the definitely the, the standout player for them this year. And yeah. Um, yeah, fantastic. Thanks very much. Keg, we'll come to you now for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. So again, how's your off-season been? Has there been many moves? Um, the maybe we'll think focus on just now the, the coaching side. Any big changes there? Well, on in every area, the Panthers have had a lot of business done this off season. Like the the, the doors been wide open. It's been like a turnstile. Like so many ins, quite a few outs. Not so many on the field, but obviously midway through last season, after week mm-hmm. five, we eventually fired Matt Rule. Um, so yeah, we just put some interims in. Steve Wilkes got the coaching job until the end of the season. Uh, so come the end of the season, uh, David Tepper went through the interview stage where, where we had quite a few people. Obviously, um, Steve Wilkes was one of the interviewees, one of the favorites mm-hmm. for the job. Uh, obviously, ended up going to Frank Reich in the end. So, and, and with Frank Reich, I think he's been building one of the best backroom staffs in the entire NFL, like the job that he's been doing, like there's a bunch of Super Bowl winners in our team. Like we've brought in um, Dom Capers as our defensive, uh, senior defensive assistant, who in turn was the first head coach at the Carolina Panthers in 1995, while Frank Reich was the first quarterback under uh, Dom Capers back then as well. So we're bringing them two back together. Um, Mm -hmm. Deuce Staley, brilliant assistant head coach from the Lions, we've brought him in. Uh, Jim Caldwell, bags of experience, and a couple of younger guys for uh, the OC and DC jobs who are, are, are future head coaches. Um, Ezra Evero for the defensive coordinator, done a fantastic job with the Denver Broncos last year. Uh, he was actually one of the interviewees we had for head coaching job, uh, and mm-hmm. I think he interviewed for quite a few of them as well. So I think to take him away from one defensive coordinator position and just put him straight into another one, I think he's a yes. huge coup for us, so I, I can't actually believe we pulled that off. Um, that's one of the reasons why we didn't invite Steve Wilkes into the backroom stuff. Like, I am disappointed that he's gone, mm-hmm. but I'm happy for him because he's got a defensive coordinator position job now at the 49ers. So yeah, 
fair play to him. Like, you, you can't be mad at that. Still in. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think bringing Ezra Evero in as the defensive coordinator is huge. Uh, Thomas Brown is the offensive coordinator. Again, a very young, very talented coach, a future head coach. Uh, still got quite a bit to learn. It's his first time as an offensive coordinator. He came in from the assistant head coach under Sean McVay, as well as the tight end coach at the Rams last season. So, again, a bright future. So, we're mixing the young with the old. We've got um, Josh McCowan in as the quarterback coach as well, who I'm really excited about because he's got so much charisma. Uh, you just tell that he loves football and you know he's going to work mm-hmm. really, really closely with Bryce Young. Like They're going to hit it off massively. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. So, yeah, from top to bottom, like the entire backroom staff's been changed. And with, with the Super Bowls, I've, I've had a list. So, in their careers, Frank Gregg's won two. Du Staley's won two. Jim Caldwell's won two. Uh, Dom Cape has won. Thomas Brown won. Ezra Evero won. So, we've got a bunch of winners there. So much experience. And as yes. the, the younger guys like Brown and uh, Evero and uh, McCowan as well, like, We've got a lot to look forward to and a lot to develop with a young quarterback like uh, Bryce Young. I think experience is going to be the key there for you guys, mm-hmm. um, especially when, as you said, you've got a young team that are really moving on from the, the Christian McCaffrey era and just rebuilding again. So I think it's going to be the key there that you've got Frank Reich in and the experience that are going to surround these these guys. What about, um, uh, we'll start with the any players that you've managed to pick up or uh, during the, the off-season free agents? Yeah, so there's been a lot of changes there as well. I think mainly on the offensive side of the ball, defence, we've mm-hmm. brought in uh, Von Bell, who I think is a very, very good pickup. It was Excellent. Um, yeah, so the, the other safety from the, the, the Bengals from the last few years, uh, alongside yeah. Jesse Bates, who's unfortunately got the Falcons. Uh, but we've we've picked the the Bengals apart and brought both of them to the NFC South. So yeah, I'm over the moon with Bell. I think I think he was underrated just because he was playing alongside Jesse Bates for so long. But he's a brilliant leader. He was a captain on that uh, Bengals defense. So I'm over the moon with Von Bell. I think he's going to be a huge addition because I think safety hasn't been our best position over the last few years. Uh, last year, we brought in uh, Xavier Woods, who was an upgrade, but not amazing. Uh, we've been playing Jeremy Chin as a safety over the past couple of years as well, which mm-hmm. is not his best position. Like He's a hybrid. He's very, very versatile. He can play in a number of positions, but he was much better in his rookie year, where he played a lot closer to the line. So I think yeah. in having Woods and then bringing in Bell as well, that frees up Jeremy Chin. That gets him away from being so deep and brings him closer to the line. So I think bringing Bell in also brings us the best out of Jeremy Chin as well. So it's like a two-way swing yeah. bringing him in. So I, I'm, I'm double buzzing with that one. Um, but with the offense, everything else is new. We've got a new start and running back. Like you say, we traded Christian McCaffrey. So we've brought in Miles Sanders, uh, a new start and tight end, which is a new upgrade as well. Like we haven't lost anybody. Uh, but Ian Thomas and Tommy Tremble weren't amazing. So we've brought in experience in Hayden Hurst, which I think is another very underrated pickup. We'll be quite like swept under the rug a little bit. I don't think many people will be talking about Hayden Hurst. One, of, I, um, I like uh, one of our regular uh, contributors, too. Um, he's a, a massive Bengals fan. He's actually based mm-hmm. in Canada. Um, 
Von Bell leaving the Bengals and Hayden Hurst was one of the ones that he said was he's going to actually do things when he goes to the, the Panthers. So he's yeah. absolutely gutted that they, they lost him. Yeah, I think that's good business as well. Sorry, Daniel, but I think that's good business as well for Bryce Young because a, a tight end can often be a good safety blanket, particularly for a young yes. quarterback. Like Since we've drafted uh, Bryce Young, I've watched back a lot of Alabama tape and Alabama's known for the receivers over the years, but last year they weren't great. So he was relying heavily on Jimmy Gibbs, his running back, and Cameron mm-hmm. Latu, the tight end, who's also gone to the 49ers. So yeah. If if he was just left with um, Tommy Tremble and Ian Brown, uh, Ian Brown, uh, to- uh, Ian Thomas, sorry, Ian Thomas, I would give him the fear. <laughs> yeah, I would as well. It would give me the fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with um, Ian Thomas, like, yeah, I, th- I think you would be in trouble. So I think it was important to bring in a- an experienced pass catcher as much as a, a good pass bl- uh, blocker. So yeah, I think um, Hayden Hurst is a-, a very good pickup there. So yeah, I'm very very happy with that one. Uh, Go ahead, Daniel. Sorry for cutting you off there. No, I was just going to say, in terms of Von Bell, you know, we drafted him uh, several years ago. He's definitely one of those safeties that we didn't really want to lose, but it was, you know, you know consequences of the you know, moving moving parts and things like that. So I think he's a definitely yep. a good addition for the Panthers. You know, he was a good player for us. We probably would have liked to kept him, mm-hmm. um, and he's done well at, at Cincinnati. So I think he's a good pickup for the Panthers for sure. Yeah, I agree. You mentioned Sanders did really well at the, the Eagles, especially last season. Uh, and you also picked up Adam Thielen from mm-hmm. the Vikings. Uh, yeah. How do you think he'll do this season for you? On the field, in terms of stats, I think you'll do well. Um, again, yeah. like like Von Bell, like how can you be a receiver at the Vikings and anyone give a shit about your name when your name isn't Justin Jefferson? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Thielen's been there for a long, long time. And I think, again, his stats underrated. I've got them up here. So he had 716 yards for six touchdowns for a guy that's, I don't even know how old he is, 32, I think he is now. Like, mm-hmm. As well as, obviously, every pass is going towards Justin Jefferson. They're not bad stats. Like Everyone's kind of writing them off as the old guy. Like He's past yeah. his best, but maybe he is past his very, very best. Like He was probably at his best around about 2018 time, but I still think there's a lot in there for Adam Thielen, but for me, it's kind of more behind the scenes. And again, he's another guy who I think is a very, very good pickup to help Bryce Young. Uh, the Panthers have released some YouTube footage and on social media, and he's just so, so experienced, so, so yes. vocal. Is an excellent captain. The captaincies haven't even been announced yet, but I'm talking about Von Bell and Adam Thielen as if they are captains. Like, I'd be very, very surprised if they didn't have the say on that chest come week one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Adam Thielen, like, he knows his stuff. And that, that was one video where I think Frank Reich went up to him and just said, like, more of like on the slot side, what would you do? Like, teach me how you would yeah. go about this route or whatever. Like, so yeah, I think Adam Thielen is a very underrated pickup. Whether he's going to be wide receiver number one, looking at the roster, he probably will be. Is he going to be a good wide receiver one? Questionable. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to have him there, whatever role that he plays. Like I say, he's probably going to be more of a slot receiver anyway. Uh, he's not going to be charging downfield for 900 yards. Like he's He hasn't got that pace in him anymore, if he ever really had yeah. it anyway. But, you know, he's he's a good route runner, brilliant hands. Uh, so, yeah, I think him and uh, Bryce Young is going to get along famously as well. And- that's probably what you need for a rookie quarterback as well. So um, when you've got somebody who's come into the league, 
you know, a lot of the time you talk about, as we mentioned with um, uh, Desmond Ridler, Ridder there, is, uh, is you know, how can you support things? It's the, the run back, it's the tight ends. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily having that burner downfield on day one. You can add that in later, but guys that can run the shorter routes, can find the space, can help you out when you're under pressure. That That's really what the, the young QB needs. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we've brought in a, a couple more as well. DJ Chark. There's another one that I'm a fan of. He is more of a, a deep threat guy. Got got some yep. wheels on him. But another one who was at the Lions and had some injury problems. I think his career has been stalled quite a lot because of injuries. And uh, it did come out yesterday that he has picked up a hamstring injury that is said to be not so serious. So we'll we'll see whether he starts week one or not. We're unsure. But bringing a guy like DJ Chark in, like he had a good year last year at the Lions. He scored a brilliant touchdown against us. Um, so I'm excited that he's here, uh, but whether he stays fit or not is questionable. Like we've had another couple of injuries as well on that side. Um, Terence Marshall Jr., who I, I'm yep. looking forward to, I think he'll come good eventually. Uh, he kind of fell victim to the Matt Rule era. Didn't really get much of a look in, but that's a talent there. He's a very, very talented receiver. We just need to see the best out of him and hope he stays fit. And Laviska Chenault as well, who has been building himself mm-hmm. up to be. Like a, a Debo Samuel, I think he could be an underrated threat, like out of the backfield with trick plays, screen passes, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like he's got wheels on him. He scored a touchdown against the Saints last year, which I'm sure you remember, Daniel. Um, it was like a 67 yard screen pass, I think it was. I think he had one against the Falcons as well. He twice he done that last season. So he's got wheels. He's he's got pace to burn. Uh, like I said, being a shaping him up to be like a Debo Samuel type. Like he could be an underrated threat coming in as well. Okay, tell us about your your draft class then. How did the the Carolina Panthers do in the, the, the this past April? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, we picked a, a quarterback in the first round. If you if you heard of that one, um, <laughs> yeah. So we obviously traded up to get Bryce Young. I think we've we've spoke plenty about Bryce Young. Like we know what that brings. Like obviously he, the spotlight's going to be on him as the number one pick, as the Heisman Trophy winner, and all this stuff. Uh, but outside of the Bryce Youngs, um, Jonathan Mingo, a, a, another receiver that we didn't mention, a very big body, very like he's from Ole Miss. Like Ole Miss are good at developing them kind of bigger, bigger bodied receivers, yes. like yeah, um, uh, Browns from the Eagles and DK Metcalf, like them kind of guys. And his stats in college weren't the best, but he, I, I don't know if you've seen one of these plays. I think he only made one catch in the second preseason game, but he. He took it with his back to the end zone, got smashed as well, but stayed on his feet, turned and caught some really good uh, yards afterwards. Uh, so I think he's going to be an underrated threat, but might take a little bit of time like Terrence Marshall, might take him two or three years to really see his true potential. Uh, yeah. But a talent nonetheless, like another second round pick uh, from Ole Miss. I know, the, so. I know the play you're talking about. I watched it um, the other day. It, yeah, the man is smashed from the solid. back. But yeah, still on his absolutely feet, still managed to get some yards after. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he, but yeah, so yeah, we'll see how he goes. Like Terrence Marshall Jr., he was a, a second round pick in twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's taken him a little while to get in, but let's like say I think that was mainly just because of Matt Rule had a really good end to his second year in the league last season uh, under Steve Wilkes. So hopefully we will get some players out of him if he's fit, because like I say, he's another one that's picked up a little injury. The rest of it, uh, we didn't really have many picks because we didn't have a sixth or a seventh. And we traded up in the third round to take DJ Johnson, edge rusher from uh, Oregon. 
Uh, what did we give up? I think it was a fourth round pick. So one of the picks that we got from Christian McCaffrey. So we gave mm-hmm. up a fourth round pick and we didn't acquire anything else. So yeah, we only had a handful of picks. So yeah, DJ Johnson, I don't expect a lot from him. He's still a guy who's learning. Um, he was a tight end when he started at Oregon. He's played in a few different positions. So he's still quite new to the edge rusher position. Uh, mm-hmm. But he, he did create a lot of buzz like after the combine. He, he scored very well at the combine and interviewed quite well. So his stock rose quite highly. Uh, and I said we traded up to get him, uh, which was quite surprising because I don't think we really needed to do that. Um, I think we traded up, I think it was like 18 spots, I think it was. Or where, where did we pick? They must so have we'll seen something then. That they, yeah, they exactly. Them. Yeah. So that, that obviously was a reason for that. And I don't think many teams had him that highly on their radar. So, yeah, I don't yeah, really yeah. feel like we needed to send that fourth round pick to trade up. But obviously, like I say, if we're seeing something in him and you're convicted on your guy, go get him. Do what it takes. So, Absolutely. yeah, he's another one. Like, we've got a few positions there. So he's got a lot of competition. Uh, whether you'll have a, a standout rookie year, I doubt, but a one for like two or three years down the line. We'll see how he goes. Um, Chandler Zavala. Fourth round pick, guard from NC State, played alongside Iki Aquanu the year before. So there's a, a good connection there. And looks very, very good. Like he is very, very highly rated. And we do need, uh, I think he normally plays as a left guard at NC State, but we yeah. are in need of a right guard because Austin Corbett done his ACL in the last game of last season uh, against the Bucks. And so he's still got. If a bit to go. I think he's going to miss out the first few games of the season, still trying to recover from that ACL, unfortunately. So we need somebody there. There's a few guys who's been kind of auditioning in the first two preseason games. Uh, it seems like Chandler Zavala might win the job. So yeah, I think we brought him in as a depth piece because my O-line was pretty good last year, despite it being awful in prior years. Yeah, Bringing Iki Aquano in and uh, Austin Corbett. We did have a very good O-line last year, so missing Corbett is a bit of a kick in the teeth. But yeah, I think Zavala is ready to step in. Uh, and I think one of my favorite picks, uh, who, who is very, very raw, uh, was our final pick in the fifth round, is Jamie Robinson, a safety from Florida State. As I say, right. safety isn't hasn't been our best position, but I think with uh, Von Bellin now and uh, Xavier Woods, it is developing. It's getting there. It's mm-hmm. looking better. Um, but yeah, Jimmy Robinson, he's quite raw. He's a hard hitter, loves to tackle, uh, but he did get caught out a bit. I don't. I think it was the Jets game, the first preseason game. Mm-hmm. He was a little bit off. So again, I think he's got work to do, but I think the, the benefit of getting uh, Von Bell in is that he doesn't have to start. He's just going to be used in rotation. And yeah. A bit like Jeremy Chin, he is quite versatile as well, so you can play him more in, in the slot a bit closer to the line. Uh, so he doesn't need to be like an out-and-out safety. So he's got a lot of potential and, and can develop into a good player and play in a few different positions, maybe special teams probably to start with as well. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's ours. Only the, the handful of picks there, five picks. Um, that was it. <laughs> Did well with it. Did well yeah. with it. It's, it's the quality you're looking for there. Last year, you had a 7-10, a losing record. But what yes. do you feel that the Panthers need to do to, to change that? Um, what area of the team do you think they really should have focused and really, really concentrate on this offseason to to improve that and make sure it's a winning record this year? I think the main thing really was the quarterback, which obviously we, we did get in Bryce Young, whether 
mm-hmm. he'll fly out of the blocks in his rookie year. That's to be seen. Um, but the uh, who was it? The um, the general manager, sorry, um, Scott Fitterer. I've, I was completely forgetting his name there. Scott Fitterer, the general manager. He said just prior to the draft that we have been building the team, uh, although mm-hmm. it was pretty terrible under Matt Rule. Defense was always pretty solid. We always had a pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. Um, special teams was always decent as well. The two things that were god awful the year before last was the O line and the quarterback. But as I yeah. say, we did pick up the the O line. We brought in James Campen. It was a very good, very experienced uh, coach who has stayed on with us. I think there was only two guys that stayed on from last year when we were talking before about which backroom staff we've yeah, yeah. we've brought in. I think there's only two, maybe three guys there that's remained. One being uh, Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator, and James Campen, the O-line coach. So we brought in James Campen, we brought in Ike McQuanu, Austin Corbett, and Bradley Bozeman to finally have a really actually decent O-line. Um, so yeah, we've just been building everything else up. And Scott Fitterer said, all we really want to do is get that quarterback. So when we've got him, we can just drop him in and he's ready to go. So yeah, I think that's what we've been doing. I think we've be just been trying to build the backroom staff and the like the Adam Thielens that were mentioned and yeah, yes. kind of Josh McCowan's and uh, Andy Dalton's, Frank Reich's, like all these guys just to put around him and make him feel comfortable and bringing him... Um, Jonathan Mingo, I think he spoke very highly about him after he was drafted. Uh, there was a video that was released, um, Frank Reich and um, a, a few of the others like asked him, what do you think about Mingo? Because we're thinking about taking him with our second round pick. And he said, yeah, go get him. So, yeah, I think we're, we're bringing cool. the team to Bryce Young. So when we're ready to go, I think he's, he's going to be there. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a interesting rookie year for him, like whether things play out as it is, you can never really count on a rookie quarterback to get you a winning record. So, but yeah, I think everything else is pointed in the right direction. You have spoke effervescently about your team there. You are really, really enthusiastic. But one thing you've not mentioned that everybody's been talking about when it comes to your QB is the height. Do you see the height <laughs> being an issue? Um, you've danced around it. Uh, we need to we need to check this. Is it going to be an issue? For him, especially if you you're saying that he's got a whole new offensive line there to, to protect him. Yeah, I didn't want to bring that up. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it can be, of course. I'm not going to sugarcoat and say nah, it, it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, of course it can be. Um, last season for the first handful of games, I, I know um, Gav's going to have the pleasure of talking about uh, Baker Mayfield soon. Um, but yeah, last season, like Baker's obviously taller. Baker's, I think, six foot, maybe six one at a push. And the yep. frustrating thing as a Panthers fan was battered passes. The guy just couldn't get a pass off. Like, it was just it was just three and out every time because he couldn't bloody connect with a pass. And a guy like a few inches shorter, a little bit slimmer, not as heavy. I think. Can you do any better? But for me, the best trait that Bryce Young has is his intelligence. Like the kid mm-hmm. is switched on. Like he knows football inside out. I think a good thing about him is that his dad is a, a psychologist and I think he's played a very, very big part in his development because he knows football. And I've I've watched him pass like 
you would think a short guy thrown over the middle would be a problem that like you'd be looking towards the sidelines most of the time, but he is very good at getting it over, like having to look over his O-line and the mm-hmm. big pass rushers coming towards him. Doesn't seem to be a problem. He can get the ball down the middle of the field. He's got he can see the play, but I think that comes with his intelligence and footballing IQ. And I think that was one of the reasons why we were so convicted in going up to get him at number one. Like we wanted him and yeah. We went and got him. Like, I think after the interview process, that wasn't a question anymore. You could have questioned maybe CJ Stroud, maybe Anthony of Richardson course. at a push, but it was always just going to be Bryce Young. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really have that problem with him. And I know with his, his weight, I think people are scared that he's going to get injured. He can yes. take a hit. If, again, for, back to the preseason game, I think it was the Jets. Like, what all line was. was absolutely garbage. He took some hits. And as I've been watching a lot of Alabama games from the last two years, he took some hits. The game against Tennessee last year, he was getting wiped out right, left, and center. But he's a tough kid. And I think that comes from more mental strength as much as physical strength. But he's never had a problem with injuries. The only time he missed a game at Alabama is he injured himself on a play where he was scrambling towards the sideline fell over and injured his own shoulder. It wasn't enough yeah. getting slammed by a 500-pound defensive tackle or nothing like that, you know what I mean? Like, So he's, he's a tough kid physically and mentally. The intelligence is there. He sees the play, so he can see down the middle. He knows where to go. So I'm happy with him. Like, I haven't really got a problem with his, his size and weight. I think his other attributes outweigh that. Is he your player to absolutely crush it this season then? No, I wouldn't say so. Ooh. Crushing it, no. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the future with Bryce Young. Um, yes. say you, you can't put all hopes on a rookie quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not saying he's going to crush it. We'll improve, of course. Like I, I think that's only one way up. Like, it couldn't really have got much worse. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's only one way up for the Carolina Panthers at quarterback. I'm just going to break. Daniel, and you were going to mention something there. Just before we get your, your player who is actually going to crush it for the, the Panthers this season. Daniel, you were going to say... Yeah, I was going to say, take it from me, and sub six foot QB with intelligence can go a long way. Because I sat and watched <laughs> one from two thousand six, exactly. and he was yeah, marvelous. Um, the thing that scares me, going to mention, this thing that scares. I'm scared of Bryce Young this year. I'm scared of him for the next nine years um, if yeah. he stays healthy. I would agree with that. Yeah, like I say, a rookie quarterback, you never know how it's going to go. Like, look at Trevor Lawrence. Like, he's like six foot six, but put into an awful situation, awful coaching staff, awful receivers, awful O line. We don't have that. But as time's gone on, like, um, Trevor Lawrence is going to be one of the top five quarterbacks in the next year or two, in, in my personal opinion. Like, I'm a Clemson fan, so I watched a lot of Trevor Lawrence. Like, watching him suffer in his in his rookie year was was painful for me to watch. But I'm I'm thriving now, seeing how well that he's doing. So yeah, like, like like Daniel said, not next year necessarily, but yeah, two years, three years, five years, nine years. Like yeah, the, I think the, the future's bright. The future's bright. Who is your tip then to crush it for the Carolina Panthers? My crush it prediction probably isn't too much of, of a surprising one, but for me, I'm going with Brian Burns. He's our star edge rusher. Uh, still waiting on that new contract. It's been in negotiations all off season and still hasn't come yet. Um, I don't know. Did did, uh, did Nick Bosa get his contract? Because I think that's what we were kind of waiting on. Because I think Nick Bosa was going to set the market. 
so I think that's maybe what we're sitting on because you know normally like if like one running back gets paid, everyone else starts to get paid because everyone wants what they're kind of getting. So you know yeah. when Nick Bosa like, gets his contract if he doesn't already have it, he's going to be the highest paid <laughs> edge rusher, and we'll pay Brian Burns accordingly into where we kind of rate him. At the time we're recording, it's said to be imminent. Um, he's on the, the verge of signing a massive contract extension with the 49ers, but it's not happened yet. So yeah. we'll, we'll need to so hold I think that when, a bit longer. I think when Bosa signs, it'll only be a fortnight before Brian Burns eventually signs. But yeah, he's coming into the fifth year of his rookie year now. Um, but he's progressively got better. Um, yeah, Was a bit quiet in his rookie year, but still managed seven and a half sacks. Uh, it developed into one of the star players, not even just on our team, but one of the the top ten edge rushers in the league. I think, like some people might question that, but I, I think mm-hmm. it's a, I think it's set in stone. Not too high into the top ten, but like just inside, around about eighth or ninth, maybe. As I would say, he's one of the the top edge rushers in the league. Um, but yeah, like he's developed into a captain, a, a real real player for the Panthers. Uh, last year had twelve and a half sacks. Uh, and let's say he's coming into a contract year where he wants to get paid. He is the star. So I'm expecting better numbers th- than 12 and a half. I think that is impressive. Uh, but yeah, I think he's capable of getting 15 plus. Fantastic. Okay, thanks very much. It sounds from what you're saying about the, the Carolina Panthers, especially under our Frank Reich, maybe not the first year. You maybe have to wait to the second, third or fourth Reich year mm-hmm. before um he takes a uh, maybe the, so the, yeah the hopefully Panthers it doesn't take that top. long but yeah that's, that gets pointing in the right direction fantastic uh, we're now heading to the the party capital of the the states i think is it uh, be right in saying that heading in new orleans and daniel daniel we're heading to your 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 boys there um what have the saints been up to um should we start with the qb and the 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 off season there. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it was a it was a need. We all knew it was a need. We didn't know whether he was going to address it. I think a lot of us expected it to be Derek Carr, um, given his yes. situation in in Las Vegas, um, you know, and, and the way they treated him towards the end of the season, benching him and, and making it quite clear that he wasn't he wasn't the direction forward. So it was a bit of a sort of squeaky pants time because he went over to see the mm-hmm. Jets and we wasn't sure what was going on there. We got him in for a visit. He was with us a few days. We thought we was going to trade him. He went back to Las Vegas and said, I don't want to trade. And, you know, we signed him as a free agent. So I'm I'm pretty happy with, with Derek Carr um, coming in at QB, moving from, you know, black and silver to black and gold. I I don't, I think, you know, the contract he's on is a, is a good contract for us. You know, it's it's probably a bit more generous this this season and sort of backloaded a bit more towards the end. But, you know, yeah. last season we bounced around QBs. You know, Jameis had his injury with his broken back. Andy Dalton came in. I think we just wanted a capable game manager to come in. You know, Derek Carr's very good at adjusting things at the line of scrimmage. You know, he's mm-hmm. uh, a QB who's comfortable pushing the ball downfield where he has to. Um, we've got a lot of deep threats at wide receiver. So I think it's a it's a perfect fit for us given what the market is. And, you know, we've got an out in a couple of years if it doesn't work out. And then, you know, we're probably looking at trying to pick up, you know, Arch Manning from... Tennis uh, from Texas <laughs> at that stage, but uh, bring, bring him home. But yeah, I mean, I'm pleased with with Derek Carr. I think it's a good pickup for the team. I think you know when you look at where we are, where we're going. I think it, and and the um, the weapons we've given him or we already had. I think he it's set for him to have a good good season. I think it's, it's my view. Fantastic. Yeah. Was there any other notable um, pickups that you got in free agency? 
Yeah, I mean, last year we had, uh, you know, I think a lot of people would agree we had some issues on the D line. You know, we wasn't necessarily getting getting at the QB as much as we'd like. Um, mm -hmm. In free agency, we lost uh, David Onyemata to the Falcons. Uh, uh, on the interior, Shah Tuttle went to the Panthers. Obviously, interior, so we had a need there. So we went out, we picked up Colin Saunders from the Chiefs, who was a free agent, and Nathan Shepard from the Jets. So you know, big big guys to sit in sit on the interior. Um, defensive line, mm -hmm. um, which I and obviously the other big one was uh, Jamal Williams. You know, uh, leading uh, touchdown scorer in the league last year. Uh, a, a, you know, a good good running back to complement uh, Alvin Kamara. Kamara is uh, quite an elusive back. You know, and he's not a back you really want to see as a fan being chucked up middle. You know, into those defensive uh, interior defensive line. You want to you know see him sort of weaving through and being you know, Levy on Bell or that kind of player. So yes. to bring in someone like Williams, who you, you can really run the ball up the gut, I think that's a that's a relief for Kamara. And obviously Kamara is going to be suspended for the first three games of the season. We wasn't sure if that would be longer. So bringing in a, a you know a proven back like that, I think is is has been a good good pickup for us. And um, yeah, I mean they're the, the 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 key ones. We've had some ones later, but obviously the ones that we like the new the good news stories. Uh, we brought in Foster Moreau, who's from New Orleans. Uh, oh, obviously signed for us uh, or came for a medical for us, found that he had Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, yep. got treated for that, he signed for the team uh, and, uh, you know, hometown boy, he, he played high school uh, tight end in New Orleans, played for LSU. So we love that, you know, at the Saints, LSU players coming back and Jimmy Graham. I don't know what Jimmy Graham's going to do, but I can tell you this, that anyone who, who was a Saints fan, you know, when Jimmy was here, it, you know, your, your heart swelled when you saw him sign. We thought he was signing like a one day contract to retire. And when I said no, no, yeah. he's he's here to play. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think he's going to give us you know much throughout a game, but as a red zone threat, Jimmy's Jimmy's Jimmy, and just to see him dunk on the goalpost one more time, that that'll, that'll be <laughs> it for me. That's all I need. He, he can he can <laughs> sit the rest of the season. I just want to see him dunk that goalpost one more time. So yeah, there are there could be you know other pickups, but. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just saying it's a busy tight end room that you've got um, there. You've got Foster think, Moreau, yeah, Juan Johnson. I think we'll carry four. Um, so Jimmy, Juan, um, Foster, and and Taysom. Although, yeah, you could list Taysom as just football player because, yeah, you could see him, <laughs> probably see him, probably see him at defensive end and he'd do a job. Um, so, yeah, yeah I think we'll carry four. Um, you know, it's, we always carry a fullback. Uh, questions where, you know, with four tight ends, maybe you can let the fullback go and, and use. Use one of the Titans in, in those kind of packages. Yeah, yeah Taysom Hill play fullback. <laughs> you know, you could probably stick Foster Moreau to you know to protect the running back. So, I think it's a yeah. it's a good tight end room. Probably the best tight end room we've had for quite a while. We've always had a decent tight end in recent years, and then maybe not not much around the periphery. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pleased with that uh, that one. And then a pickup that we made really recently is Jalen Smith, mm -hmm. and uh, he played against um, the Chargers at the weekend and looked really good. So I think he's going to probably, from 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 what he looked like, he, you know, he's going to make the team as maybe a, a third third linebacker behind uh, Demario and Pete Warner. Super. What about your draft class this year? Were you happy with that? Oh, I think our draft class has got the potential to be really good. Uh, looking at the players, looking at what they're doing. You know, obviously, I mentioned as a defensive line, we needed something in the middle. We picked up Brian Brzee, um out of Clemson. Uh, it was Clemson, mm -hmm. I think. 
Um, so obviously he was the number one recruited high school player in his cl- class. Um, he had some, you know, personal stuff going on while he was at, at college. His sister sadly passed away, so he had some yeah he had that, and he was dealing with some injuries. But you know, I've been watching him in a training camp. Some of the, the cutouts of the preseason games. That guy could be a real trouble, a real handful for some uh, offensive yeah. linemen. You know, he he's really quick. Uh, and he's, you know, he's got the length and things like that. Uh, you know, we the one that worries me is our second round pick at this stage. Well, it doesn't worry me actually. So we picked Isaiah Foskey. Uh, so he's a edge rusher from Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Um, he hasn't looked great in preseason, but the word from the word coming at Saints is they see him very much as a de- developmental player. So he would, you know, he he was very much a defensive end who, you know, two point stance. Now the Saints play, you know, on. You know, on the on the end of the defensive line, three point stance. So he hasn't changed his game. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been flashed in preseason, but you know, we, we're hopeful that you know they'll they're looking at him and saying, you know, this is one for for a longer longer term. Picked up Kendra Miller uh, out of uh, TCU. You know, he was uh, mm-hmm. they obviously got to the uh, did well in college last year. He was a, a leading back for them. I think he's very much a you know long term future potentially for Alvin Kamara uh, in terms yeah. of he can catch the ball. He's got good hands, but he can he can run it up the gut. We picked up Jake Hayner as well out of Fresno State. Uh, so the interesting one about Jake is he was. Um, Obviously, Fresno State, which is where Derek Carr went to college, he's very much Derek Carr's protege. Right. So they play similar. They're very, very close. And another interesting point is uh, Jake Hanna grew up a Saints fan, and he's you know his, his favorite player was Drew Brees. So you know there's a lot there of, a lot there to like. Um, he didn't look great in his first. He, he's, he's been getting rave reviews from the beat writers in uh, yeah. training camp. His first game. It wasn't that he didn't look great. You know, he's behind like full string offensive linemen. He hasn't got the time to do what he wants to do. And, and some fans mm-hmm. will get on that. But against the Chargers, he looked fantastic. He was picking it apart. Didn't get any touchdowns, but he had two touchdowns called back because of passing interference from Brian Edwards, who we subsequently cut. So um, you can see where the blame was firmly attributed <laughs> <laughs> there. Um, we picked up Nick Saldaveri, who's an offensive lineman out of Old Dominion, uh, versatile play anywhere across across the offensive line. Um, and then Jordan Howden, who is a, a safety, again, very versatile, uh, spent a lot of time in college, played a number of positions at defensive back. I see, you know, potentially, you know, someone who I think he's going to make make the 53 and I think he's, you know, potentially could finish the season, you know, vying for a starting spot from, from what you're hearing from the writers. And then our last pick is probably one of our best picks. We've got A.T. Perry um, out of, uh, I think it was Wake Forest, I think he played for. Um, it's a yeah. sixth-round pick. He had like second, third round. Um, people thought he'd go there. There was character issues, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he lit up our first preseason game, like six catches, touchdown, looked great. I think he's he's a shoe in. Uh, he's like he's very much like a Marcus Colston kind of wide receiver for us. It's someone that he's big bodied, potentially can fill in it for you know longer term for Mike Thomas, you know, when when that relationship ends. So I think it looks like yeah. a good draft class, but I think a lot of it's going to depend on that second round pick. You know, if he if he comes through and develops the way they want him to, then I think potentially yeah. it's a great draft class. It has potentially be a great draft class, especially Hayner. He could be like a really good backup QB, which is what you want. Absolutely. You know, if your QB goes down, you want something to come in who's just going to be able to keep it going. You look at what, you know, with the Forty Nineers with Brock Purdy coming in and doing what he did and stuff like that. You want yes, a, you want a backup like that uh, to keep keep things going. So I think it could be a good good draft class for us for sure. If I could just put yeah. something in about Jake Hayner there, I don't know if you've seen the stats about the S2 test, uh, which is like the quarterback intelligence test. The, mm-hmm. I think it's just quite new in the last two or three years. Is this like replacing the Wonderlick test? Yeah, the it is. It's be- yeah. 
more accurate, yeah. Yeah, so during that, like Bryce Young obviously smashed it with his intelligence scoring uh, 98%. Uh, but Jay Kaner was, was second with 96%. So he beat out everyone else. CJ Stroud only got 18%. But yeah, Jay Kaner scored second out of all quarterbacks. Yeah, in the you, class you can see, yeah, you, you can see him reading the field when he's playing. He's he's not, you know, you think a lot of rookie QBs coming in would just sort of panic and chuck it, but he doesn't. He, he's, he's prepared to sit in the pocket, let the defence come at him. And I, I think that a lot of defences aren't going to expect that from a rookie QB. If, if he is called upon for him to just mm-hmm. sit in the pocket and go, come at me, because a lot of QBs at that point are going to panic. So, yeah, it's a potential there for him to be a very good backup QB, if not a, a starter at some point. So, you know, that's what you want longer term, isn't it? So, Some of the, sure. the things we've been hearing about like, um, players like Kendry Miller, there's that uh, he hits the, the ground running. Um, it's supposedly such a good talent that Alvin Kamara might not actually be able to make it back into the team after the three game suspension that he's got. Um, but well, I, certainly I, 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 yeah, I don't. I, Alvin Kamara is is an absolute superstar. I, I don't. I, I I personally don't don't see that happening. But um, you know, Alvin's had a couple of off seasons. We've you know mm-hmm. the, the play calling last year wasn't great, um, and we didn't use Alvin for his full potential. This uh, training camp and in the preseason games that he's played in, we've seen some of those those play calls that was the kind of plays that lit Alvin up and, you know, made him take the league by storm and, you know, got him that offensive rookie of the year and things like that. So I think if we can get the play calling right, Alvin will, will there'll be a resurgence for Alvin Kamara for sure. Um, Fantastic. What's the one game that you're most looking forward to in the, the, the schedule this year? Well, the one game I'm most looking forward to personally is the Chicago, Chicago Bears game. So I'm going to it. Um, so I'm flying out oh, to New Orleans to the game. Uh, but in terms of, um, I think we were talking about, uh, or you mentioned like games that potentially are going to be important for the season. We've got a run of three games in December. We've got the uh, Lions, Panthers and Giants. And I think that, that yes. those three games are going to be, I'm, I'm looking forward to them because I think they'll be good games. But I think they are the three games that could determine how our season finishes. Um, because, you know, the Lions, everyone's hyping them up. I don't know if that hype is too much or not. I love Dan Campbell. Uh, I love uh, Aaron Glenn. Obviously, both both were at the Saints in the uh, in the coaching staff, but you know, and the Giants, we've whiffed against the Giants in recent years, like big time. So it's like, you know, if we get through those those games um, and with with you know two wins and three, I think we'll we'll be satisfied, and that could put us on the road to to hopefully uh, playoffs. Yeah, all just coming slightly just after your bye week in week 11 as well, which will be yes. really interesting. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Daniel, who? That's it. That's it. You're, you're hoping that it's just ready for a big push towards the end of the season. Daniel, who are you taking then for your player that's going to actually crush the 2023 season? Juwan Johnson, tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John, uh, he was uh, second uh, leading re- yards, reception yards last year, uh, and he was only, he was only 500 yards. Um, but he got a most uh, most receiving uh, touchdowns, got seven touchdowns last year. Derek Carr loves a tight end. He loves yeah. a tight end. You see what he did with Darren Waller at uh, the Raiders. Um, I, I think Juwan could feast off of uh, off of Derek Carr. I really do. He's his games progressed over the over the years. Obviously, he came to us as wide receiver, converted back to a tight end. He had been played tight end at various points in his college career, either at Penn State or Oregon. 
Um, mm-hmm. But, he, you know, he takes the attributes of a wide receiver. He's big body. He's got good hands. You know, he, he's happy to take the take the ball in double coverage and, and take those hits. And he is a red zone threat. So I, I think Juwan Johnson could is yeah, he's my if you were looking for sleeper for tight end, Juwan Johnson. And my obvious my obvious pick other than that is Chris Alava. I think he's going to blow off this year. Yeah. Wide receiver one. He's going to go nuts. I think I think he could. Jets fans won't like this, but I think he could, you know, edge ahead of Garrett Wilson because it was neck and neck last year for quite a long time of it, especially for them for offensive rookie of the year. I had a bet on uh Alave when he was drafted, and it was it was only towards the end of the season that Garrett, you know, my cash out amount sort of dropped and, and Garrett Wilson's <laughs> went, it went up. But yeah, I, I think Alave's gonna have a Alave and Juan Johnson for us are, are massive this year. I think they're gonna really, really blow the league away. Uh, Alavi was certainly somebody I was looking out for in the fantasy leagues that I was in, but I didn't manage to get. I was quite yeah, disappointed. In that. I, re- I've, I reach for them both in a, in a couple of leagues. I'm not, like, but <laughs> yeah, Alavi's got he's got such hands. His route running is exceptional. Um, he can get away. He gets separation. He's he's quick. Um, and yeah, you know, with Rahid, Rashid, Rahid Shahid as well, who's an yep. absolute burner when it comes to you know his pace. And Mike Thomas, you know, if he stays healthy with his physicality, there's so much for teams to to look at. In terms of where they put their best corner, it really could free up Yo know, Alave and John Johnson to, to feast on, on on the receiving game for sure. I think. Yeah, certainly hoping they do feast, and Derek Carr gets a, a fantastic year, especially after the, the tough season that he had, um, the final one in Vegas. There, uh, yeah, Daniel, he, thanks he, very much for that. No, it's welcome. Thank you. Um, we will now head over to Florida and Tampa Bay. Gav has a uh, kindly. Been told that he was um, doing the Buccaneers for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Gav, thanks very much for for, for helping us out with this one. Tell us then, how has the the Bucs been preparing for the 2023 season? Well, I've got to say, I mean, maybe it's a theme for the division as a whole, but I'm really kind of feeling a lot of disrespect. Uh, I think it's fair Mm -hmm. to say it's it's the reigning divisional champions, you know. I mean, admittedly, you know, not particularly impressive divisional champions with an eight and nine record uh last year but the, the over under for this side's been set at six and a half wins this year um now i, I think in terms of preparation we, we need to talk about that this is a team um that's really paying the price both for success over the last several years and as we see going into this year actually just by winning that division by you know a narrow margin it, it's going to mm-hmm. hit them the schedule for the, this season as well um it's a side that had to clear out 50 million in, in cap space uh, off the team. So loads of players going out the exit door. So again, not going to talk to everyone name by name, but I think obviously Tom Brady, uh, you know, the, the big guy, that that's through retirement uh, ra- rather than a financial decision, um, which is obviously big uh, change at the quarterback position. But a few other big names from, you know, uh, success over the last few years, uh, Leonard Fournette, the running back's gone. Uh, Donovan mm-hmm. Smith, their left tackle, also gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, um, one that caught me a wee bit by surprise, because I thought, um, like, uh, all good receivers, the Titans finished them off. Uh, Julio Jones out, out the door after uh, about a couple of hundred yards uh, receiving last year uh, with, <laughs> with the Bucks. Um, but, I mean, honestly, there's dozens of players out there, and we can run through, you know, some of the others. You get Mike Edwards, uh, Keanu Neal, uh, Logan Ryan. So, actually, quite a few safeties going, uh, in particular, Blaine Gabbert. Uh, the backup QB uh, going as well. So yeah, major changes uh, at that position. Um, and with the cap challenges, not a lot of um, bodies coming in 
uh, it has to be said, mm -hmm. um, through free agency. Um, obviously, the big name um, that everyone's talking about, Baker Mayfield, uh, come at quarterback. Yes. Um, and, I, and then um, from uh, the safety position, Ryan Neal, uh, who uh, you'll know from um, the Seattle days, uh, Keith. Um, yep. He actually uh, stepped up to cover Jamal Adams' injury uh, last season. And actually, um, you know, NFL next-gen stats, he was the, the top coverage safety in the league last year. Um, so that would be a big addition to him uh, for the, the, the Bucks uh, in the secondary. Um, I, I guess, you know, with this limited... Uh, Sort of free agency acquisitions. Probably we're talking about some of the players that they have um, managed to retain, but coming back, so Levante David uh, has been uh, re-signed. Uh, Shaq Barrett is also returned from injury, uh, so those are going to be some of the key players. I think um, that the Bucks have managed to, to retain uh, their services. What? Well, um, sorry, Gav. I thought you'd froze there for a second there. Um, <laughs> Tell us, um, so they've retained quite a few there, so that's good news for them. But how have they added to the, the team through the, the draft then? Was there any real standouts there for you? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, what, what's quite interesting for the, the Bucks uh, is there's been a real emphasis on the, the defensive line uh, in their draft. So, um, kind of middle of the pack, uh, you know, they were 15th uh, against the run last year. Um, mm -hmm. but obviously, uh, room for improvement relatively uh good in terms of passing yardage um uh as well so seventh uh it was the, the ranking against the, the pass so i've added uh Kalija Kansi, uh mm -hmm. defensive tackle from pittsburgh uh it was the, the first round uh addition uh and yaya diaby uh the edge rusher from louisville um was the third round pickup so it's a real, real emphasis in the front four um and again, uh, very much similar to the, the Falcons. How can we get after these uh, QBs in the division uh, this season? Um, probably the other big pickup in the, the draft to talk about, which is uh, quite important, is Cody Mauch. I'm going to go with Mauch rather than Mauch. Uh, mm -hmm. So they traded up to, to grab him the, the second, uh, adding him on to an offensive line, which um, you'd probably say is, is one of the big strengths. Uh, for the Bucks, so they, they actually um, were number one in terms of sacks conceded uh, yeah. last year. Now, I, I've got to say, um, part of that, I think we do need to put down to the, the experience of Tom Brady and getting rid of the ball quickly, but uh, nevertheless, there's a lot of talent there uh, on that line, and um, that's going to be really important with a, a new quarterback coming in. I guess the other thing in terms of changes this season, though, it's really important to talk about the... Um, uh, some of the coaching changes uh, yes. got. So um, Bucks had, uh, I guess it's fair to say, kind of a, an off-balance uh, offense last year. So fifth in passing, but dead last in the league in rushing. Um, yes. So they, they've cleared out, the, say, the running back room. Um, they've got a few new bodies coming in there, but Dave Canal is, um, is the... Uh, offensive coordinator for this season, replacing uh, Byron Leftwich. Uh, so he's coming over from Seattle. They're all up. So adding mm -hmm. a new running backs coach and, and Skip Pete. So I, I think that's uh, going to be one of the things they're really going to be looking for this year. Um, definitely going to be a, a a very different philosophy in terms of the offense this year. Um, but uh, there is a lot of good pieces in place to, to support Baker Mayfield. One of the main targets for him will be Mike Evans. Um, how do you think him and 
the Baker will, will do this year. Absolutely. So I think that this is a really interesting because Mike Evans, um, probably one of the most consistent uh, receivers in the, the league. I guess the one thing you've got to ask after so long is, is regression. But th this is a guy that's going for his 10th consecutive 1,000-yard season. Yeah. So uh, I absolutely. I mean, in terms of, um, I, I guess we probably do want to draw a distinction from, um, you know, between a, a new quarterback uh, or a quarterback in a new setting and a, a rookie quarterback, but still a lot of really important pieces in play. We talked about that strong offensive line and actually really good um, receiver pairing as well. So talked a lot about um, Mike Evans, but actually Chris Godwin also thousand yard receiver last year as well. So he does have a couple of targets uh, that he can look to uh, coming up this season. Yeah. As I said earlier, we're all big fans of uh, Baker. Um, the, the, the crew here, Commonly known as, I think if we had a quiz team, would be known as the Baker's Dozen because uh, such that's a actually my fantasy league. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a, a cult hero here uh, for us. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he does. He, he had little flashes last year. Um, that little um, cameo with the Rams flying in and getting the win um, after only being there for a couple of days. It'll, I think he just needs a, a happy home, somewhere that's going to look after him. Take care of him, and uh, he'll, he'll hopefully flourish there. That's really a really good point because uh, I mean Baker. I mean, over the last five years, he is he's thrown more picks than anyone uh, in the NFL, and, and he's certainly in the top ten most sacked QB. So you know he's had a rough time, but I think one of the things we can note, we can talk about last year is just that move mid season from Carolina to to Los Angeles. Not a particularly great season for the Rams overall, but certainly mm -hmm. well coached, well established team, cut his interception ratio in half there just through that, that change of um, scenery. Um, mm -hmm. So like we say, good receivers, good offensive line, um, new OOC. Um, so I, I think, you know, there's a few bits and pieces in place there um, to, to help them uh, settle into, into Florida. The one, Gav, the one thing, I think about with the Bucks this year is I just wonder if they've got one eye on Caleb Williams coming at USC hmm. and thinking, do you know what? We've we've got an excuse here with Baker to be able to say, well, <laughs> you know, I don't say throw him under the bus, but sort of say it's tank a bit, and they've they've done it before. They tanked for Jameis all those years ago. So I just wonder whether Caleb Williams is just too tantalising for some teams who are in a mid rebuild to say let's just throw it away this year and and get you know the next Mahomes, but. Somebody who's been pitched as an ex-Mahomes, um, it's it's quite a prospect for a, for a team yeah. who maybe are in a rebuild. Yeah, there's enough plausible deniability there if you have got someone <laughs> yeah, who I mean, has it's, had it's, the Baker's got. As, as Gav said, he's listed off good players. I, I, I'm not necessarily having a Mike. Uh, got his name there. Why does Mike? I'm not having, Mike Evans is like Marshall Lattimore's baby son. Yeah, he owns him every time we play him. But I'll leave, I'll leave that where he's. But um, yeah, aside, you know, outside of that, it's like they've got, like you say, enough plausible deniability. So, but yeah, we had decent players there, which couldn't get it going this year. And you know, the QBs, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden you 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 get this QB fall into your hands. You're like, thank you, nice new shiny toy for the next 15 years. Interesting, interesting what they do. As long as I, I don't think they'll be there. as bad as the number one pick because Caleb Williams will be the number one pick, whoever has it. But yeah, I, I think the Bucks will have a bad year, but not that bad. So maybe it's a very good consolation prize could be out of North Carolina and Drake May. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think it's between them, the Cardinals, and 
maybe the Rams sort of mm. shoot race mm-hmm. to the bottom to, to get him, see how they go. You know, the Rams are a little bit similar to the Bucks in terms of they've got good defense still. Offensively, they've, they've been, you know one Cooper Cup injury away, and Van Jefferson. As much as I like Van Jefferson as like a number three, he's your number one. You're like, interesting. Cooper Cup there. For for me, it's it's the heading to Vegas. It just feels as if it's in a downward spiral there. That's the one that could yeah. just happen and absolutely car crash there. Um, and how they okay. how they are with paying players, they probably would love a rookie QB on a five year deal on, on minimum money. So absolutely. Gav, thank you very much. Before we go, though, I need to ask you, who is going to crush it for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Who's going to crush it? Well, I mean, sometimes we go to the, you know, the big names and the skill positions, but I think one guy who really deserves some love here is the left, well, the now left tackle, Tristan Wirfs, uh, going into his fourth season with the, the Bucs. So there's a guy who... Um, I think if the, the stories are to believe, Tom Brady really had a major hand in his acquisition when he first came to, to Tampa. Mm-hmm. You know, experienced quarterback in his 40s said, you know, if I'm going to come down and play with you, I don't want to be getting hit. I, I want you to, to protect me. Um, and really, you know, can't ask for a better first three years in the league. Wins the, the Super Bowl as a, a rookie. Uh, he was first team all pro his second season, second team all pro his third season. And actually, if you look at the stats last year, so only gave up two sacks. Um, but mm-hmm. even in terms of pressures, five pressures overall, you know, his man, the guy that he's defending, only laid a hand in his quarterback three times all year last year. Apart, wow. According to ESPN, you know, he, he's been seen a psychologist um, because of anxiety about switching from the, the right to the, the left this season. I, I'd say in the, you know, the form we've seen in the, the last three years, He's got absolutely nothing to worry about. You know, I think this guy, uh, you know, we talk so often about how important that left tackle position is for, for any team, but especially when you've got Baker Mayfield to, you know, a, a absolute gunslinger um, mm-hmm. at the best of times, but, you know, someone that's going to give him the time to find these open men, you know, not you know, having to have to rush these throws. I, I think, you know, you can ask for a more important player. And I think, you know, Wirfs has got the, the skills to do that. Fantastic, fantastic. Gentlemen, it is now time for us to to rate the league. How do we see the the NFC South finishing up? Who who do we think is going to finish in the last position? Who's going to prop up the pile? Tampa. Are we, yeah, are we going for the Bucks? Yeah. I, I think so. That was that was the easy part. Right. This is where we all start <laughs> to fall out now. Um third place. I'd go we'll with the Falcons. Bijan, Bijan there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, <sighs> the, I, I'm the, 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 I guess the kind of the, the neutral on this one. Um, I think it's a Falcons. Big question mark. There's a lot of weapons in that team, uh, and they have mm-hmm. really up the the, the defensive front uh, in particular. I think the question is, can can Ritter get the, the job done? Um, and you know much i'm always really wary when we talk about strength of schedule because it's a completely different league uh yes. you know next year round but i i think that um the, the, this question marks but there is upside with, with the falcons a lot of talent in that offense if they can piece it together i'm who would we say that the third, second and third position then, or would it be easier for us to say then who's going to win the, the division? Are we agreed that it's going to be the Saints? 
I'm not. I'm going to say I think I think we are in the best position this year going yes. forward. I am apprehensive about the Panthers and the Falcons in yes. the future seasons just because of the way they've got young talent, a young quarterback at, at the Panthers. They've they've got the weapons at the Falcons, so potentially they'll they'll they could pick up a, a young good QB next year. So I think this my view is this year for us, I, I could toss a coin between the Panthers and the Falcons. Falcons have got second weakest strength of schedule in the league behind us. That might give them the edge over the Panthers. It, but look, yeah, you know, Keg, if if Bryce Young comes out the gate flying, then yes. Yeah, that is going to be for me, that's the, the major factor. If Bryce Young settles quickly, I, I think the Panthers probably finish second in the division, but and that's purely the difference in QB, I think, between the two teams for me. Yeah, no, I, I completely that, agree. I, I agree. Um, yeah, I'm not 100% set on Redder. I don't think he's that great. I know we've only really seen mm. him in, what was it, like four games last year, but even he looked decent in college, but in a very, very poor draft class that had what Matt Corral and uh, Malik Willis, like he was around about them type of guys. So, yeah, I'm I'm not set. Like, if anything, to be honest, like I'm a fan of Taylor Heineke. Like, if I was a Falcons fan, yep. I'd, like Heineke was once a, a third string at, at Carolina. Like, I love I love Taylor Heineke. Like, I'd, I'd I'd be more worried about the Falcons if they started Taylor Heineke, which could happen by the end of the season. I was going to say, if this division is tight and uh, Ridder isn't performing, I could see him pulling in for Heineke just to see if they can get an, an edge out of it. Yeah, you know, I'm sure Arthur Smith doesn't want to, but you know, if it's if it, if we're all splitting them, splitting the uh, the two games, they might they might get a bit twitchy and go. You know, we, he might give us the edge. Uh, who knows? Yeah, I, I guess think the same could be said for the Bucks as well, because although he's unproven in the NFL, I don't even think we've seen him. But I was quite a fan of Kel Trask in college in Florida, who was the the quarterback with uh, Kel Pitts. Like them two worked in tandem very very well. And he's had two years sat under the greatest quarterback of all time. Let's see what he's learned. Like, I think Baker could end up having mm-hmm. a similar season to what he had in Carolina. Yes, you'll start the first half of the season. Will he finish the season? Probably not. So I I don't want to say it because I want the Bucks to suck and come bottom of the standings. But <laughs> like that, that's just me being biased. But I, I want to see Kel Trask be given a shot, and I think he deserves to just just to see, like like Jordan Love, like he sat for three years behind Aaron Rodgers. Like, could you have a better mentor? Yeah, Kel Trask has in Tom Brady. So yeah, see see what the kids got. Fantastic. Uh, so, I think the big thing is you've got to remember is like like last year. Uh, I I think it's going to be a tight division. Um, I mean everyone took games off one another last year. So I mean you know the Bucks and the Panthers went four and two in the division. Saints and Falcons went two and four. I, I would expect each of the, the teams to be taking you know a, a bit of blood off of one another at some point during the season. Yeah, I think so. Fantastic. Right. So our final standings. Then we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in fourth. The uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll go like last season with a joint second and third. Uh, we'll see <laughs> the Panthers and the the Falcons with the Saints topping the the division. Um, it's going to be exciting either way. There's lots of I think it's the all the new QBs in there and everything that's, that's how it could play out. There's nothing set in stone there. There's no definites just now. It's it's interesting and in how everything 
just could play out. It really will be an exciting division. Mm-hmm. From a Saints point of view, they, they might not say it, but Derek, Dennis Allen is definitely on the hot seat when it comes to the fans. He didn't perform last year. Um, yeah. So he will be desperate. And you can see it in what he's yes. done with coaching staff and, and things like that. If he doesn't, he knows it's this year, he's got to do it or he, he could have an issue. So I expect us to be, you know, come out all, all guns blazing and we'll see where that, see where that lands yeah. us. A very similar situation in Atlanta as well. So Arthur Smith's going into his third uh year with the, the team but actually he's had back-to-back seven and ten seasons uh the, the team hasn't been to the playoffs since 2017 so um yeah i think there is going to be an expectation in atlanta not saying they're going to win the division but actually yeah you need to get up and be challenging for playoff spot this Absolutely. year yeah i, I went through you know? my league predictions a few weeks ago and like ranking each team what, what their record would be who would win each division mm-hmm. and whatnot so i i had I know that the teams that I had probably aren't right because I might have been a little bit biased, but I think that it could be between the Saints, Panthers and Falcons, I think whichever order, I see a team going 9 and 8, 8 and 9 and 7 and 10. And then the books with about 5, five and 12, something like that. Mm-hmm. But between them three, like, there's only one or two wins between them. Whichever order it goes is really hard to predict. I think it is one of yeah. the more unpredictable divisions in the NFL at this stage. Like, no one really knows how it's going to end up. Absolutely. Look, guys, there's not going to be a wild card coming out of this division, put it that way. No, absolutely not. Yeah, the, <laughs> Like the books last year, the books won the division at eight and nine, less than impressive. I think it's going to be the same this year. One of us is going to win, but we'll probably not get very far in the playoffs. But it'll be an exciting year, uh, undoubtedly, anyway. Gentlemen, yeah. Thank you very much for joining us, Gav. Um, great insight. Thanks for taking two teams on uh, tonight. None of them your own. I really appreciate <laughs> yeah, your effort, my friend. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah, I think you did a good job. Did job, yeah, good job did. with that, Gav, as well. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Yeah, Keg, thank you very much for joining us. Um, best of luck to your Carolina Panthers this season. Yeah, thank you very much. Much appreciated. I'm uh, I'm excited and I'm, I'm anticipating it closely. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But yeah, we'll we'll speak in about five years' time. See if we've got a ring. <laughs> look forward to it uh, Daniel thank you again for, for joining us um, best of luck again to your New Orleans Saints uh, really exciting season ahead and never thought I could say that with one of the the guys that I, I'm still just getting to, to like in Derek Carr um, I, I'm still a bit not sure about him but I'm hoping that uh, New Orleans brings out the best in him I appreciate it Keith uh, it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, anytime you guys want to chat in the future I'm, I'm more than happy to to jump on and have a conversation. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah uh, Keg, on. yourself, Daniel, happy to have you back throughout the, the season. We'll get a, a wee bit of chat about the, the teams and see how they're doing. Um, this Thanks. has been the final um, Gridiron Crew preview um, of the, the 2023 season. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please make sure you tell your friends and uh, spread the word. Um, we're only, what, 14, 15 days, I think it is now, until the new season starts. Until then, the Great Iron Crew will see you through. Thanks for listening.